0: Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. And thank you so much for joining us again. Whether you are watching or listening, we greatly appreciate you, you know, taking the time out to uh, give us some love. And... Uh, we're actually not drinking this Friday.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, just a little bit of the little H two O.
0: And the reason for that is because is my birthday, and we are celebrating. My birthday was actually a couple of days ago, and uh, we are celebrating my birthday tomorrow. And there will probably be some drinking tomorrow, so we like to limit how much alcohol we intake. Yeah. And uh, so I thought it'd be a good idea to not do it on both days, cause you know when you're our age, you don't bounce back as good as you used to. <laughs> is there a lie in that, though?
1: I mean, you know, I uh, I seem to hold up pretty well. Oh God,
0: I knew you were I'm gonna say gonna that. Lie.
1: You know, I'm I'm listen, I'm I'm kind of like you know, I'm kind of proud of that. Are you really? I'm I'm a little proud of the fact that I can still like drink a significant amount of alcohol as long as is as, as long as I drink it in a certain way. I can drink a lot and I'll still be OK the next day.
0: I will say, though, that over the last couple months or several months, you have had a couple of days where yeah. you're out of commission. So
1: listen, I mean, if that's what I said. So as long as I drink it in a certain way. So if if, if I drink straight alcohol, which is tequila, which is my preference and I sip it and I just pace myself, mm-hmm. I can drink a lot of it. Uh, through the course of the night and be okay get don't don't you start with me all right because you know i'll wake up the next morning and i'll be straight okay but if i start making if i start drinking mixed drinks or like if the tequila runs out and i start drinking something else then i get a little carried away and then before i know it, i'm i'm tipsy what can i say Uh, it happens (laughs) I, i have a
0: difference of opinion on that but that's fine but let's get into our show for tonight and um we actually took a week off yeah, because your girl had to be in quarantine, lock be- her up, because uh, I came in uh, close contact with someone that potentially had well, someone that did test positive for yeah. COVID. So I had to quarantine. So even when I could not film, sadly,
1: keep uh, it safe.
0: Yeah. But here we are. And um, our conversation tonight is actually building off of our conversation uh, two weeks ago. Yeah in conjunction with a comment that we received from a conversation that we had a couple episodes before where we talked about a little bit about like our relationship and like how we got together and how I pursued you and we talked about like your past history with drug addiction and then we talked a little bit about my history with um you know
1: being the victim. Being
0: the victim of parents that were drug addicts. And then someone had made a comment that it's potential that you and I are trauma bonded.
1: Which I didn't even know was a term.
0: Yeah. And um, we were very intrigued by this. Yes, we were. So we decided to look into it because I felt like there was potentially some truth to the fact that we could be trauma yeah, bonded. Yeah, I
1: had to do a, d- a deep <clears throat> dive on that.
0: Yeah. But um, come to find out that that doesn't hold true for us. We are not trauma bonded in, this, in the definition of what trauma bonding is. So we're actually going to get into what trauma bonding is a little later in the hour. But we just, what we discovered is is that our relationship initially is shaped by some of our childhood traumatic experiences. And upon a little bit of digging, I was um, very shocked to find out that we are not trauma bonded. But something that I have done in regards to your our relationship is I went ahead and did something that is called trauma reenactment, which um, was kind of shocking to me.
1: Okay, so when you say trauma reenactment, like what do you what do you mean by that? Like what oh, is what is that?
0: Like what exactly does it mean to? Yeah, well, okay.
1: like well, explain to me the process of trauma reenactment.
0: Okay, so I'm just gonna give you the, the textbook definition of like what it is to trauma reenact. So in some cases, you may enter some relationships that mimic or reinforce what you learned as a child. This is called trauma reenactment. Seeking something familiar.
1: Hmm. Okay
0: And I felt like that held true 1,000 percent when it came to you and I. I definitely felt comfortable oddly in a situation with you where your drug addiction was very familiar to me. Okay. So there's a quote from Sig, um, excuse me, I was almost said that wrong, from Sigmund Freed, Freud is it free to Freud
1: I think it's you know what I'm not even gonna try to anyway, to attempt it because I'm probably gonna say it wrong
0: there's a quote that says and uh, ladies and gentlemen I'll be honest when I read this quote I I cried immediately and um because it hit me really to the core of who I am and just made me say like Fuck. and so the quote goes seeking out those um seeking out those relationships now means recreating history and changing the outcome thereby gaining mastery over what we couldn't control as a child the desire to return to an earlier state of things and the reason why that quote like really hit me to the core of who i am is because uh the repeated trauma that i experienced at the hands of my parents specifically my mother I always felt like there was something that I could do to make her stop. I always felt like if I was a good daughter, if I got good grades, if I behaved well, if I showed her how much I loved her, if I just did all of the things that a kid thinks are the right things to do when it comes to being a child to a parent, I thought that it would be powerful enough to get my mother to stop abusing drugs so fast forward you know 20 something years to your relationship our relationship and here i am finding myself in a position where i have a man who has great i don't even want to say not that you were valuable to me you were like i i there was a caliber of you that i had never seen before and you were priceless but you had an issue with drugs the second time around that we started dating.
1: Yeah. yeah and, it was, um, so when, when we met, I, was, I, was, I yeah, was good.
0: That was not the case. Which also helped my decision to further pursue you. But however, so now I see you in this condition that I had once been very familiar with. I am now looking at someone that I cared about be under the control of something. And did I think that I could help you and change the outcome of your life? Absolutely. Did I go into that evil knowing that that exactly was the situation? Absolutely not. But now I understand. I actually thought that I could help change you. And if anybody knows anything about drug addiction or about a person and wanting change, that person needs to want that change themselves.
1: Absolutely. it's got to start from within.
0: I definitely was there to help and support you, but I don't want to say that anything I did changed you. You were already seeking change. Yeah. Somewhat.
1: No, I was. I definitely was. You were just the um you were like the icing on the cake. You were um you were the the little bit of of ignition that needed to be added to the to the fire. So, yeah, I mean, you were you were a very key role in you know in playing what played out as far as like you know me changing my life
0: what i found to be further interesting about this um trauma reenactment that a person will tend to do is we will internalize that we are i just want to make sure i'm saying this right we will internalize that we deserve to be mistreated okay So I don't know if you remember what I was saying to you when we decided to have this discussion that once I decided that I wanted to pursue you and, you know, date you seriously, I thought that I had to do things above and beyond in order to make myself seem worthy of you to want to have a relationship with me.
1: And you feel like that that was due to your trauma?
0: Yeah. Well, it's definitely due to my trauma. In addition to the fact that I had two children previous to our relationship, I went into the I went into our relationship initially thinking that I needed to prove to you that I was worthy. I needed to show you through my actions, through my behavior, through um, the things that I was willing to do for you that I was worthy of what I wanted. For us to embark on in a relationship, instead of me looking at it like I was a good person and I deserve to be loved and I deserve to be cherished and I deserve to have a relationship of you know of that magnitude, I went into it initially thinking like I need to I needed to show you how how great I was and all these amazing things that I could do, so that then you could love me.
1: But that actually worked to your benefit.
0: It worked to my benefit, but could you see how that is, th- the thinking behind that? Yeah, I mean, like I, the actions were great. <clears throat> yeah, fine. I, w- the things I did were fantastic, right?
1: Um, no, I mean, what I'm saying, that it worked to your benefit because it, it was they were necessary. Like, um, yes, I understand what you're saying when you're telling me that you approached this the situation in that way because of how you felt about yourself and how you mm-hmm. you know viewed yourself in your life but in the same time um, I was looking for someone to prove themselves to me I had been in quite a few relationships where I had given a lot of myself and those relationships failed yeah. so when we were dating I was looking to I, I needed to see something that told me all right, if you're going to put that much effort and energy into a person, there has to be a sign, something that says, OK, that because before I would I would just go all in. And so with when we started dating, I decided to kind of withhold that and just see to make sure that we were on the same level. And you quickly showed me that you were on that level. Um, and it was just by nature because that's who you were. But it worked out to your benefit because that's what I was looking for. And you later found out. That once we started dating, that's when I opened up and started really, like, pouring into our relationship.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that it—I'll be honest, I'm having a hard time swallowing you saying it worked out to my benefit. Because um, it sounds very one-sided when you say it that way. How so? Because um, you're making it seem like what I did only benefited me. Like, I feel like it benefited us as a couple.
1: Well, yes, of course. But what I'm, what I'm, what all I'm trying to say is that you did something because you felt like you needed to prove something, mm-hmm. right? And what I'm telling you is that that effort worked out to your benefit because that's exactly what you did. I was looking for yeah. that. You filled that plug, like bullseye, like from the fifty-yard line. Like you threw a dart and bang, like you hit the target. So if there was ever like a, a mold that I wanted somebody to fit into, mm-hmm. you slid right into that mold. And it was because of the way that you approached the situation. Yeah. And so I think that had it been anybody else that may have not worked out like that way. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would have, have, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would have gave the relationship or the, or the, or I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it, I do not know if I would have given it a chance.
0: Why wouldn't have you given it a chance if it was someone else? If they were doing the same things that no, I was, no,
1: that's what I'm saying. If if they because you came because you went about it the way that you did, mm-hmm. you you filled that void that I was looking for, and I don't think that if anybody else would if I was dating someone else and they would have went about it differently, that they would have been able to fill that void.
0: Okay, all right. I I guess I understand what you're saying. I just
1: so what I, I'm just saying I'm sorry. You I said you were looking to prove something. And because I was looking for someone to prove that, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you did.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, what I'm like you understand it how obviously like, worked out. Yeah, do you understand
1: how like the two just yeah. fit together? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think my point is that um, me trying to prove something to you was coming from the wrong place.
1: I know, I understand that. I, yeah. I was just I was saying that as a side note, like you know that that you know that being said, it actually still worked out to your benefit. Yeah, even it, though even though those that those that wasn't like really your intention, you were just doing it as a trauma yeah
0: well it was a trauma response yeah it was a
1: trauma response and i get that you know
0: i mean obviously later on in our relationship i realized that i was 1000 percent worthy of you regardless Mm -hmm. of the fact that i had children regardless of the fact that i had trauma that i had trauma but what i will say is when you have lived the type of life that i lived as a child experiencing the type of traumatic you know situations that I went through it is very comforting to have a, a a spouse or a partner somewhat understand what you went through in the sense of like they had potentially their own traumatic experiences cuz this is what happened with you you and I had similar but different experiences when it came to our childhoods mm-hmm. but because <laughs> We both went through some sort of traumatic experience as children. It felt very easy for me to tell you what I went through, even though you got it in bits and pieces, you know, and eventually it all came out. Um, but I felt more comfortable telling you these things because I don't know about you, but. Having those type of experiences when you're young, and then when you're an adult, and you meet people that come from these like really loving homes and supportive homes, and you know like they have both their mother and their father, those are the last people that I want to open up to and yeah. tell them the type of shit that I've gone through, uh, because honestly, deep down inside, I somewhat like idolize, um, you know, friends and and associates. Or colleagues that I have met that have that, like, foundation when it comes to family. I, like, I like somewhat idolize that. And I really don't want to share with them the things that I went through. Um, because it's it hurts. Yeah, so, I mean. when you and I got together and I found out that you had gone through something similar, coupled with your drug addiction, I was just like, all right, this may work.
1: This kind of feels like home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so funny... <laughs> We are, we are not trauma bonded in the definition of like what trauma bonding is. Uh, The definition of trauma bonding is two people that are in a relationship already. And one of the partners is being abusive to the other partner, whether it be emotional, physical, verbal, sexual, there's, you know, Mm -hmm. many different types of abuse. And for whatever the reason, the other the partner that is receiving the abuse is like caught up in this cycle where they are being okay. abused, and then the partner that is abusing them then like reinforces, oh, you know that behavior that I just exhibited. I won't do that again. I love you. I am gonna behave better, and then the partner that is receiving the abuse will then believe that partner, and then the cycle then continues, and then they they're they're it's like they're they're stuck
1: yeah it's it's almost like they be okay so they become bonded in a way where the person who's being victimized ends up accepting the actions of the abuser mm-hmm. and so then still loves them, yeah. for being the abuser and then now is bond to them by trauma yeah so that like there's that's the connection that's like the, that's like the the major connection you know it's like oh I hurt you, the abuser says oh i I hurt you, but I still love you yeah. And the victim says, "Yes, you did hurt me, but it's okay. I still love you too." And now trauma has bonded them.
0: Yeah. So, and then it's a cycle because it it just it just repeats itself over and over. And I have experience with that too. We'll get into that a little bit later. But so we kind of sort of are trauma bonded, but it's very different. It's not you know it's not the textbook definition of what it is. We we, have our separate traumas,
1: childhood traumas that we. I guess we're not bonded I don't want to say we're bonded by it no, but I just say that not. we um we share those experiences and so those, those ex- like they we can relate to each other and so we understand each other.
0: I um there were other things that I found in regards to having childhood trauma and how that can like you know basically spill over into your relationships that I was like Fuck, so surprised to find out and one of them you and i were just talking about is that i developed like what i almost considered a skill i became hyper vigilant
1: mm-hmm.
0: i was always i'm always still to this day i'm always assessing threats and you and i can talk about The type of ways that I'm constantly assessing threats and one of them, (laughs) it's funny enough, we were out having a walk and we were talking about promiscuity and why some girls will engage in sexual intercourse with a man randomly, you know, one night stands, you know, however that takes play. And you were like, why would a why would a girl do that? And I was like, you know, I honestly don't have the answer. I I don't know what that person's mindset is that would make them enter into something that is potentially a threat to them. Because me, the way I look at it is that person could potentially kill me.
1: Yeah, I think we were also talking about how girls need they they that girls they almost need that that stimulation they need to be mentally mentally stimulated to then that spills over into physical stimulation like there has to be levels to it right and i was telling you that i've experienced situations where there has been none of that it's literally gone straight to like the physical part of it and i was like so what makes a girl approach someone without you know the mental stimulation and the you know all that go- that goes with that 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 then leads to the physical and just go straight to the physical and mm-hmm. and you were like I don't know
0: yeah I I did not have the answer for you because I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to when it comes to why a girl would act that way and um I honestly just. I'm 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 always very taken back by that type of behavior because as a woman, we live in fear of men. So when I hear about a girl and you know engaging in that type of activity, I, it like boggles my mind. But of course, you know through this reading that I've done, uh, uh, this reading I have done about childhood trauma, there are a lot of cases, especially girls, that was, that were sexually abused. That will do these exact type of acts. And again, it's like a trauma response. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's almost like they are doing this to numb these trauma feelings that they have. Because while they're in the act of doing something so risky, they're feeling a totally different um, adrenaline coming through them, thus not thinking about the trauma that they've experienced when they were younger. And I recently read a statistic that blew my mind, which was one in three girls will have experienced some sort of sexual abuse in their life. One in three. So out of your girl groups, you know, girls tend to have at least good three girlfriends. One of them has experienced some sort of sexual abuse in their life. Um, And they may be acting it out in a way where is very confusing to someone that has, you know, I guess maybe a more normal life. And these are how these things can affect a person's relationship. So where I developed hypervigilance where I'm just like, no, this is a threat. I can't put myself in this position because... Those were the type of things that were happening to me when I was young. Mm -hmm. I was put in a position where I was afraid of child services coming. I was afraid of people finding out that I was being left home alone. Um, You know, when I left my house, I had to always be in in a way where I never wanted anyone to know what was happening. So, like, I always did things more secretive and always, like, really watch my tracks because I was always afraid. Mm Mm-hmm. And that rolled over into my relationships because you you and I, we used to go out and we used to party a lot, right? And mm. you know, listen, real talk, there were drugs involved. I never did drugs in a club. No. I never did them outside of the house because I always felt like there were potential threats around me that I could not control. So I'm not going to put myself in that position because if something goes down and I can't defend myself or I can't get the fuck out of Dodge, I'm going to feel like Defeated as a human being, and I never really understood why I was like that, and now I understand. Like that was that was part of my defense mechanism when I was a kid, and that shit just rolled over into you know into adulthood.
1: Do you also think that girls will act like that just because they want something and it's not they're not being pursued for it, so they just go after it?
0: Um. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Yeah. I would say that I think that's possible because I'm I I'm a pursuer. Like I have pursued men. And it's not that men are not pursuing me. I just I'm just very forward that way in, in that matter. I kind of just want to take things by the reins. Mm-hmm. But do I think that there are girls that will do that? To my understanding, um young women and that experienced sexual abuse when they were children or adolescents, they can enter into situations where they are receiving luxuries in turn for sex because to them, they are in control of that situation. If you want sex from me, you have to give me X, Y, Z because I'm controlling this situation. Whereas when they were younger and they were being sexually abused, there was no control.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Not to say that that's always the case when a girl is doing that or a guy because it's a one in four when it comes to men.
1: Right. But what I was talking about was just being pursued physically just for the physical aspect of it. No, nothing else behind it. Like no, um, oh, you need to provide me with X, Y, Z.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that there are girls that will do that.
1: Yeah, that's what I was referring to.
0: I do think that there are girls that um, know what they want and if they just want to be intimate with someone. um, And
1: that person doesn't seem to be pursuing them. They just go right for it.
0: Yes. I don't don't think that that is not a scenario that doesn't play out. I don't think it's always rooted in some sort of trauma and that's why they're reacting that Mm -hmm. way. No, I just do think that there are some women that have desires and they are willing to seek out those desires.
1: So to answer the question that we were having the other day, I think that is the answer to the question we were like, I don't know how that would happen.
0: Well, I think that there is more than one answer. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but I was just basing it off of the fact that I said, because I became hypervigilant, there are girls that will actually be the polar opposite of that. Mm-hmm. They won't be vigilant. They won't assess threats. They'll engage in things that are considered promiscuous, things that are considered risky behaviors. And I, on the other end, would not do those things. Mm-hmm even though me entering into the type of relationship that I did with you could have from other, from uh, in other people's eyes could have been looked at as risky, you know, because you were, you were an addict and I then could have been putting myself in a position to be traumatized again. Right. Um, And that was definitely something that I considered when you and I started dating for the second time, you know, I was like, all right, this man obviously has something that he's dealing with. Um, is this something that I want to enter into? Because there's definitely the possibility that he can hurt me immensely. Like, it's, it could, this could be a traumatizing situation for me because he's dealing also with addiction, which is a very different thing than just dating someone and them hurting you, you know? Right. Um, but I think I entered into it with a very strong mindset of like, okay, I have, I have boundaries. There are things that I will and will not allow, which I felt like is what protected me.
1: Okay. <laughs> I respect that.
0: No, I, 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 listen, I know that you respect my decisions and the way that I went about doing things, but, um... What I'm saying to you is that my mindset in doing these things is really based on the shit that I went through when I was a kid. And, you know, it's so fucking crazy because I you know, I think about how I didn't understand this about me. You know, and I was just living out my life, not really having a rhyme or reason as to why I did things. And now having full definition and understanding of why i did things the way that i acted them out makes me feel so much better about who i am as a person do you understand Mm -hmm. like because one thing one thing i can tell you is is that the type of trauma that i went through it can be healed So it's not something that I like I have to live with forever, you know, like I don't I don't I don't have to carry this shit forever. You know, it's always going to be with me, but it it, it doesn't always have to impact my life and the decisions that I
1: make. Right. Well, I mean, you have to but, you know, like you're 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 saying that it can be healed, but one has to want to process those emotions in order to better understand the situation. Of course. To then get to the healing part.
0: Yeah, that's that's fucking without a doubt. Yeah. That is without a doubt, and to my understanding, is if you don't process these feelings uh, from a podcast that I listened to recently, talking about how trauma will spill over into your relationships. If you don't handle these things, the subconscious will find ways to traumatize you even further. You will have nightmares. You will have you. You know, it will find ways to emerge Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, and I know firsthand people that go through these type of things that they've experienced trauma in their life and they're not necessarily processing it the way that they should and if that's through therapy and treatment you know and finding new ways to have the best behaviors that you can as an adult because sometimes we do things based on our trauma like i was saying i know people that are not doing these things and that trauma is spilling over in ways that you know they almost will say that they can't control it, but what they don't realize is that they can. But you're not gonna figure that out unless you go to treatment.
1: Oh, well, you do yeah, you do some serious self reflecting.
0: Um but self reflection comes with education. It's like one cannot just say, Yeah, self reflect. How do you self reflect?
1: Well, I think that it takes self reflecting first. Mm -hmm. In order to be able to identify That there's something that needs to be treated
0: Understood but how do you self reflect Is what I'm asking It's just by
1: taking the time to evaluate yourself And your life And what's going on Like I mean just simply Like some people Will not take the time to Look at their lives From an outside perspective Mm -hmm. It's just you know Just that simple So um, I think that First one has to look at themselves Look at their life as a whole, be able to identify certain things that may need to be addressed in their life, and then address those issues. And if those issues feel like they require outside help, like Mm -hmm. counseling, therapy, Mm -hmm. um, then move forward with that. But one has to recognize that they have a problem before they can actually even attempt to solve it. Then you have to take a look at yourself, a good look at yourself in order to be able to, to... come to that determination.
0: I guess <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you that you have to there has to be self-awareness, there has to be self-reflection. I just um when you say you just have to take a look at yourself, that I don't know bothers me because I I I want you to or maybe you don't understand how hard that is.
1: I never said it was easy, yeah. but it is, it is that simple. It's, mm-hmm. it's a simple act that takes a lot of effort. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's almost like, um,
0: okay. So le- let me paint this picture for you then. Okay. It's a simple act, right? It's, there is simplicity in it, yeah. a self-reflection, but could you imagine how hard it is for someone to self-reflect when they're in an environment or they're dealing with tri- you know, trauma responses in, in their own self. Well, so it's so easy to ignore these bad behaviors that you may have. Well,
1: when I say it's simple, it literally, it, it's as simple as one asking themselves, what the fuck am I doing with myself? Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple as where you may, you you may f- be feeling a certain way about the way things are going in your life, not understanding how you got to where you got to, Yeah. And then asking yourself, what the fuck am I doing? That's self-reflecting right there. Yeah. you know, so it is that simple. It takes that moment. But then there has to be a follow through. There has to be like a really like a deep dive, a deep analysis, like a really like a um a like a, like um you have to zoom out of your life and take a look at it as a whole, you know, and really put some time into it. And then try to like identify the, the issues that you may be having. And then then try to resolve them.
0: Well, speaking from experience, I will say that one of the reasons that I was not able to do that until more recently was because I was just surviving. Mm -hmm. I did not have the time nor the brain capacity to zoom out of my life and self-reflect on why I was doing the things that I was doing. There was no time for that shit.
1: But I think I would like to think that in in smaller situations, you may have asked yourself, like, what were you thinking when you did something? Maybe, maybe, maybe you have made a mistake and realize later that you made the mistake and then ask yourself, what were you thinking? And then that's how you corrected that mistake.
0: Yeah. I would say on a very small scale.
1: Yeah. So, F- you for know, sure. yeah, but th- what I'm saying at a minimal, it has to start there. So I feel like that, that's why I was saying that.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely on a small scale, I definitely would say to myself, okay, Gina, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. That's not a good idea. But on a large scale, no. I never had the time. I never had the resources. I didn't really have the network. I sure as hell didn't have the money um, because therapy ain't cheap. No, it's not. So even if you have insurance, it also is a consumer of time and effort that a lot of just everyday average people do not have. You know, if you're raising a family, if you are working fucking 40 hours a week trying to manage a household, the time that you have to put into therapy and, you know, self-healing sometimes can be so hard to find. There has to be like a strong commitment to wanting to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is very hard to find a way into that avenue when you're just trying to make it every day because that's what was going on with me for a long time. You know, I had kids young and I was just trying to survive.
1: Yeah, I get it.
0: And um and then I met you and it was <laughs> it was just kind of like, um and then we embarked on our journey. So like I was so hyper focused on that that mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that I was potentially feeling, I was just I was just packing them shits away. Yeah,
1: putting it to the wayside. Yeah. yeah. I mean Fortunately, I guess, you know, my um, childhood trauma was, one of them was abandonment. Yeah. You know, um, and not to say that I was like, you know, thrown in a dumpster, but I was separated from my parents, you know, and it was for a long time and for a while I felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. And so I did, you know, dealing with that was, was traumatic and it was very young when I had to experience that um but you know the flip side of that is that i learned at an early age to i didn't have the ability to look to my parents for for guidance mm-hmm. so i soon su- i i early on in life had to figure out things on my own like you did mm-hmm. but unlike you i had the ability to focus that energy on myself i had to learn how i learned learn a lot about my emotions and how i felt Mm -hmm. and what was going on in my life um and i was able to become emotionally intelligent i was able to learn about and understand my feelings and and things like that and so um i became very empowered through that process Mm -hmm. and so i feel like that that was a benefit for our relationship because, you know, you didn't grow up like that. You know, you you grew up the very opposite. Mm -hmm. So we brought balance to each other. Um,
0: Let me ask you this. Yeah. When you say that you were able to, like, look inward when you were very young. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah. Okay. And I know this about you. Do you feel like you were able to do that even though you were separated from your parents and in a whole other country? Do you feel like you had that ability because you felt safe? Um, and
1: that you were... Be, you were yes. Be, you Yes. I definitely was in a safe place, you know. Um, and, you know, my parents made sure of that. Yeah. You know, they. I wasn't, you know, like I just... It wasn't like I was sent off to somewhere where it was a very bad situation. You know, where I grew up was a very, very safe place. I was with family, yeah. lots of family who loved me and took very good care of me. Yeah. Um, but I still didn't understand. I was very young. I was five. I didn't understand what was going on, Mm -hmm. and the separation from my parents still just made me feel abandoned. Um, But because I was in a safe place, I was able to focus on myself and processing those emotions on, you know, what do I do with this feeling like of, you know, I was homesick, and I just felt like that my parents, I don't know, I just couldn't make sense of it. And at some point, I started to develop bitterness, Mm -hmm. and I was able to identify it at a young age. And I didn't like the way that it felt. I didn't like the way that it was making me act, and I was able to isolate it and say to myself, either I allow this to consume me and turn me into something ugly and drive me crazy, Mm -hmm. or I just let it go and just learn to embrace what is in front of me, which Mm -hmm. was a beautiful place. Mm Mm-hmm. And that act, in itself, I think I was seven years old. You know, was extremely empowerment, empowering, when it came to developing my my emotions and becoming, you know, intellectually in tune with how I felt. So you know, that was a big, that was a big thing for me at a young age. Yeah. You know,
0: I think the stark difference between you and as, you and I, when it came to developing and understanding our emotions, is that. And I spoke about this in one of our last episodes is I did not feel safe. I w- was always on edge mm-hmm. and that's why I became hypervigilant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand that.
0: So. It took me a really long time to like understand my true emotions. And, you know, what's interesting is because I developed these type of behaviors from the trauma that I went through People sometimes would look at me and say I was strong.
1: I could see that. You know, like yeah. what's
0: what's that saying? Check on the strong ones. You know, because like I per, I made people believe that I was okay because that's the way I like that was my trauma response. My, I was shielding myself.
1: You were faking it until you made it. Yeah. So it's so to say. Uh
0: and it's interesting because when a Victim of any type of abuse or post-traumatic stress syndrome because a, a, um, The type of trauma that I went through I develop Levels of PTSD and there are different ways that you can develop PTSD, you know, like if someone a, a soldier at war, you know, a person that um, Experienced sexual abuse of uh, physical abuse you have post-traumatic stress from that mm-hmm. and in that in that time I handled things in a way that I just hid them, you know, so that but people thought that I was like, okay, you know, like she's strong. She's fine. But if I was to like be constantly crying or being upset and, you know, like really just trying to wrangle my feelings, Mm -hmm. I would have been looked at back then not maybe so now because you know we're talking 20 20 30 fucking years ago you know the world yeah. is very different now i would have been looked at like basically like a bitch ass mm-hmm. you know like this you know she's 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 emotional especially as a girl yeah so i just you know i was just like yeah i'm just gonna I'm just gonna lock this up and we will fucking deal with this at another time you know to be honest I never even really said to myself, "I'll deal with this at another time." I just thought putting it away was was the solution. I thought if I just lock this shit up, I'll just be okay, you know.
1: I mean, it's a <clears throat> excuse me. It's a uh, it's a quick solution, um, yeah. but not the solution, you know. It's you're putting a band-aid on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and essentially, you're taking a part of yourself, tucking it into a box, and never getting to know that part of who you really are yeah and then growing up with something that you carry with you and then one day you, it, you open it up and it's like it, it, you're o- literally opening up pandora's box and then getting to know yourself and then realizing that you don't really know who you are mm-hmm. there's a whole part of your life that you never dealt with um and i'm glad that you were able to to process that because it's it's important
0: i'm gonna tell you something and i want you to just hear me out on this. Okay. So I'm trying to like really understand how your experiences in your childhood has shaped you as a person. Is there something that you want to share with me regarding that before I go into this? Because I, I just don't want to step on your toes. Wait, what? Okay.
1: You kind of caught me off guard with that.
0: Okay. So what I'm saying to you right now, at Evo, um, I just shared with you how my childhood experiences shaped me
1: mm-hmm.
0: as an adult. I developed certain behaviors. I did things uh, a particular way, and I entered into relationships a certain way because of those experiences that I went through. What I'm asking you is: Is there anything that you would like to share with me about your childhood experiences and how they potentially shaped you? Before I give you my analyze, my my
1: like your, your analysis,
0: yeah, my analysis <clears throat> on how I think your childhood potentially shaped you. Um,
1: you know. You're not, I'm not going to be able to tell you how those experiences affected me in mm. a negative way. I can tell you one.
0: Not, I'm not even, um,
1: I can tell you how they shaped me. I mean, I just told you that, um, it shaped me in a way where it made me emotionally intelligent at mm-hmm. a young age. Okay. Um, it made me empathetic. Mm-hmm. It made me have the ability to um, to identify what other people are feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it gave me the ability to be uh, unbiased.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, and that all stemmed from at a young age taking a step aside and really looking at my life as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, and then evaluating that without any personal feelings. So, if you have to ask me how, I would say in in that way.
0: Okay. I'm going to play doctor here for a second. Okay. From the reading that I did, there are different ways that, you know, there are different behaviors that we can develop based on our trauma experiences (laughs) as a child. And one of them is you can actually develop a sense of security somehow. So, for example, you. You were sent to go live in Dominican Republic with your grandparents and aunt and uncles. Mm -hmm. Even though it was a traumatic experience of you leaving your parents, you still went to a place where you felt very secure. Yes. You felt very safe.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: When a... i don't want to say a person when a child develops that young they are they are um how can i say this they are raised with a sense of security and support the chances of them entering into things that are like promiscuous or risky sometimes tend to be a little bit lower because they come from such like a loving secure environment right but there is a the chance that you develop a sense of like slightly being naive because you will tend to trust people more than you should.
1: Uh, yeah, I could see so, that. So
0: my analysis is... <laughs> um, When you told me the story about how you were given the drug that you then became addicted to, you received that drug from a person that you considered a friend and that you trusted.
1: Yes, I did.
0: And you took it with no questions asked. I did. And then, you know, whatever that turned into, we, you know. So because you had this sense of trusting and security and you were just like, my friend, they wouldn't do anything to harm me. They gave you something that harmed you. And then, you know, your life turned into what it turned into. But that came potentially. I'm not like I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. But from what I'm understanding, that is why you potentially allowed that situation to unravel.
1: I'm not following that last part. When you when you well, say, what I'm saying is you, is
0: that you 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 grew up being a very trusting person. You always kind of gave people the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Okay. Because you grew up in a way where, like, even though you weren't with your parents, you still felt safe and you had your aunt, your uncles, and your grandmother that loved you and you know they were there for you.
1: Yeah, I um, didn't. I didn't grow. I didn't grow up in, in you know.
0: Yeah, you were neglected. My
1: childhood. What didn't consist of people constantly betraying my trust.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah. So. You then entered into relationships. Even friendships, you know, because friendships are relationships. You entered into friendships very trusting of people, you know, always seeing the good in them, always being very unbiased. Always being very compassionate.
1: Not entirely. Not entirely, but for the but most part, yeah. For the
0: most part, right? Um, what, was, what, was the, <laughs> what was the saying that your friends used to have about you? You always used to bring home stray dogs?
1: I was known for bringing home a few strays. And yeah. Then, and what that meant was that we would go out um, and I would meet random people. Mm-hmm. And we, my best friend at the time, had his own apartment. Mm-hmm. And every time we went out, we would go back to his place for after hours. Mm-hmm and i was known to bring home people back with me wherever i went mm-hmm. to join us for after hours yeah it was just my thing yeah. you know i'd always want to take a sit a good a situation from somewhere maybe maybe i met somebody and they were kind of cool and i thought that you know we would have a better time if they came and joined us back at my friend's house
0: mm-hmm. and you love to share
1: and i love to share i love i, loved, <laughs> I'm the, I just, love i'm i was you love to do all the things i'm the type of person that once i have once my enjoyment is fulfilled mm-hmm. if I have more I don't I don't try to stash it oh yeah I, I don't know try to push it you. I don't try to put it away if I have a surplus of enjoyment then I'll give it to you and then you can <laughs> you need to have some and you take some and I just want everybody to feel what I'm feeling and to be where I'm at mm-hmm. and if I can do that 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 even makes me more it, it, it even makes me happier
0: i know i know this about you yeah. so would you say that my assessment is like somewhat correct
1: oh yeah i mean i would think that after uh, you know decade and a half of us being together no you...
0: but what i'm saying to you is about how that particular situation happened how you were so trusting of this person and what they gave you and you you said this to me you know i didn't think what they were giving me well, was harmful this
1: person was also um, a long time friend of mine. I know, that's what I'm. You saying. know, it wasn't okay. So I think that you know you're leaving out a very particular, a very important detail where this person wasn't just somebody who I met. No, and I, no. you no. know, I, I formed a quick friendship with, and then you know they were like, here, take this, and I was just like, sure, okay. This was a childhood friend of mine that we grew up before we any of we weren't even like we we were in high school, we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we grew up together, and then eventually started. You know, experimenting with things together and then yeah. that grew into something else and you're, you know you're talking about you know over a decade of friendship that eventually led to this you know so when this person handed me something um just from past experiences where i've always felt like i was in good hands i felt like i was in good hands yeah and at that moment i wasn't
0: yeah i just in that moment from from like you know the research that i did and the reading that i did I like it was so striking to me how different you and I are when it comes to those type of things. You could be my friend for thirty years, I'm still hyper vigilant. I'm still like, I'm not going there. I'm not doing this. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. And you on the other end are so like, let's go have fun. Like let's have a good time. And I was just like, no,
1: <laughs>
0: absolutely not. C- can you not like think about it? Think about how <laughs> we. For, like not not too long ago, we went on, we went on a vacation with very good friends of ours. One of the friends I've been friends with for more than 30 years. And, you know, there were times throughout that vacation where people wanted to do things. And I was just like, No, absolutely not. I don't trust the situation, regardless of how 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 well I've known these people. But you on the other hand, you're just like, Let's have a good time. I
1: just honestly, I feel like that—that that you act that way because you're because you're with me. No. Well, I always you, act I beg that to way. differ because you know you know how loose I can be, and you know how <laughs> just and when I say loose, I mean just very free spirited <laughs> and, yeah. and willing to have a good time. Yeah. Um. And so you almost feel like that somebody has to kind of be behind the wheel, and I don't. And you know, I feel like at some point, you know, you could just switch on autopilot and, you know, mm-hmm. just let that shit drive itself. You don't believe that. And so therefore you stay very much focused of, you know, of the situation.
0: No, but I told you even before you, I was like that. Right. I'm, I'm it's 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 about threats for me. It's it's always about me feeling safe. If I don't feel safe, I'm not going to engage in something. Where, right. So perfect example was um, I went on a girl's trip.
1: I was gonna get to yeah. that, and what I was what I was going to say was that if the situation had been different, where I would have created an environment where you would have felt safe, yeah, you would have acted. I believe you would have acted differently. for sure. Yeah, so that you that's, did not make me feel safe. I get that. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. That's like precisely what I'm saying. I you were you were, you know the way you were you were painting it was that that you know you'll never ever do anything like that. You'll never. Um, act that free because you know you'll never you're never trusting of the situation you know if yeah. you're safe. And I, what i'm saying is that you're mainly like that because of how free-spirited i am
0: yeah uh, there are certain boxes that have to be checked in order for me to be a little bit more risky like and there has to be like i have to feel safe i had i have to know that nobody's driving like i, I have to know that like we're going to be able to get back to where we we came from like so many things have to be in order in order yeah. for me to do those to do, I guess, more risky behavior, mm-hmm. um, and the situation that you were reflecting on is: I went on a girls' trip, and we did um, edibles, mm-hmm. uh, and you were floored that I did them because you were like, you would, you don't do that type of stuff. And I go, and I specifically said to you, I felt safe. I was with six other girls, and there were there were two of them in particular that really were just like, yo, I got you, like we. are No matter what goes on from here to A to B, you are safe. And that's the only reason why I, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. I get that.
0: Went into what I did um, having um, edibles. And it was a fucking, it was a great, like I had a great time. But in the same, in the same regard, I did a very small amount. Mm -hmm. You know, I did something that I still know that I could control. Um, Because, again, to me, they're still like that. I have to still like be somewhat. I still have to be in a position to control my environment Mm. if something goes down, because if I can't control my environment, if something goes down. That's like a whole nother fucking roller coaster for me. Um, And that, again, stems from. Being a young child and watching my life fucking blow up and me have no control over it me being at the hands of my parents and them doing whatever they wanted at any given moment for themselves with no regard to Mm -hmm. to me as their child. I felt very helpless. So as an adult now. I always want to be in control of a situation when it's about me, especially like I can't control what other people do. But when it comes to like what I'm going to do, there has to be, you know, like I have to feel safe and I have to know that I can control the situation. Um, so I feel like now I understand you a little bit better. Like I, I always knew that you were loving and caring and, and giving and and you didn't have this you always had this like sense of compassion.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, being that I was able to I- identify my and 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 organize my feelings at such a young age, yeah. I grew up being very curious about other people's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I was, and I was very much <laughs> like, I. if I have, if we got into a conversation and I kind of felt like that you were emotionally struggling with something, mm-hmm. I became very intrigued about what was going on with you emotionally. And we needed, and, and I would sit there and go, we would, I would go deep into this person's life just to like kind of hear what's going on with them yeah. and maybe offer them some guidance because I was just so in tune with, you know, um, managing my own emotions and feelings. Yeah. And it became kind of a thing that I did, and so I would Im- I would end up in like these situations where I'd be talking to people, and I'd be almost turned into a therapy session.
0: Oh yeah, I've watched that happen many times. Yeah, and I've actually I've actually positioned you. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually just been like, hey, uh, so this friend is having a difficult time. Yeah. Can you actually go talk to them? Because I'm not great at that, even though they are my friend and I love them. You're a lot better at that because of your level of compassion, your level of empathy. Um, you have the best ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. I'm horrible at that. I look at things very rigid because of like you know what I went through, and the reason why I say like I understand you more is like because now I understand like in in my mind because you didn't you didn't say I was wrong. This is your core. This mm-hmm. is like you know. Do you remember that movie? Um, it was a Disney movie where you got to peer into the little girl's mind. And you got to see her feelings?
1: Yes, but I don't remember the name of the movie. It's escaping me right now. Um, oh, it's gonna bother me.
0: Yeah. Well, that movie, do you remember that there was a part of her brain that stored her core memories? Mm-hmm. And those core memories is what shaped her as a child. Mm-hmm. She needed those core memories to like function correctly. Yeah. So that is part of those things, you know, that those experiences that you had in DR as a young kid those are part of your core memories and they have made evil who they are who you are today so when people say the things that you went through as a kid made you made you who you are what they really mean is those memories that you have stored from experiences that you had as a kid have shaped you you know And that holds so true to who I am. And I'm so glad that now I understand myself so much better.
1: But you used to be very opposed to that statement. The things that you went through made you who you are today.
0: Well, what I tell people is, is that it's the choices that I made. There are some core memories that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people will attest my success in life to those things. And what they're missing is, is that it shaped me like as like my like who I am as a person. Like, uh, how can I put this? So the way I react to things, not the choices that I've made, and as far as like my ambition and like you know my drive in life, like my trauma didn't necessarily fuel those things. My trauma like really shaped me differently, as far as but like, they're still
1: part of who you are.
0: Yes, they're part of who I am, but they
1: as a whole, like, but if not, those. I mean, you, you got to sit there and think for a second. And I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you you got to think for a second. If you remove mm-hmm. those traumas, mm-hmm. okay, and you replace them with the total opposite, would you still make the decisions that you made in life? Would you still be the person at core mm-hmm. who you were when you made the decisions that you made in life? No, you'd be a totally different person. Yeah,
0: for sure. But what I'm saying to you is, is that when people say that to me, they're forgetting all of the choices that I had to make in my life in order to get me to where I am do you think so
1: you really think that they're like forgetting all of that
0: when they they make a blanket statement like the things that happened to your life made you who you are they're saying the shit that I went through is what made me who I am that's what they mean when they say that every time I tell somebody my story that's like 90% of the time that's the response I get
1: but the things that you went through uh-huh are part of who you are mm-hmm. at core
0: correct but I still had to make a lot of choices separate from my trauma
1: but it is who you are at core that makes those choices
0: no it it's not always that that is part of, now if if you remember the movie, she had multiple core memories so there are other things in my life that help me make decisions It's just not my trauma. But people will say that my trauma is what shaped me.
1: I see what you're saying. I get it. I get it. Okay, I, get like, it. Okay. I see. I, I'm just, I like, I don't see. And that pisses me off. I don't see. Okay. I, I see what you're saying, but it's, it's debatable. It's debatable in a okay. way where, you know, like, I guess it's, it's subjective. It's subjective in yeah. a way where um, we could argue this all day mm-hmm. with different differences of opinion and nobody can really be right. Mm-hmm. You know, I. but I, I do hear what you're saying. You know, yeah. you're saying that. You know, those traumatic experiences made me probably made me not trust situations in mm-hmm. a way where I felt comfortable, but they necessarily didn't make me responsible the way that I was.
0: Correct. <laughs> I <get> because it. Because <laughs> my it. argument to that always is, would you tell that to a person that fucked up their life? People always like to say that to me because I turned out good. But someone will say someone won't say, you know, oh, well, you you ended up the way that you are because of all the things, you know, like it's it's it, they always try to use it like in, in a good context. Right.
1: Well, you can't say that because they in, in your situation. You are you are you are at the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Those people haven't gotten to the light. They never made it through the tunnel. So mm-hmm. therefore, you can't say that to them. So, you, you, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to say something like that to somebody. And then you also want to say something like that to somebody to almost still recognize and point out mm. the good in their life, mm-hmm. even though that, you know, that at that point, the, neg- the negative may be, may be a, a part of, like, a discussion. Yeah. And to somebody that didn't really turn out well, then you really can't say that because they're, they're just still in a place where that's, you know, they're not in a good place.
0: Uh, when you say this to me, I'm going to tell you what I think about, and then we're going to get into the trauma bonding. It makes me think about that comedian that we just watched a stand-up the other day, and he said, you know, i never been to a funeral where somebody went to hell because everybody's going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's how I feel. I feel like they just, when someone says that to me, they just fucking chuck everything in my life up to, you like that because you were traumatized. No.
1: I get it. I listen. I get what you're saying. But for somebody.
0: And then I think the name of the movie was Inside Out.
1: Inside Out. That's exactly what it was.
0: (laughs) I just had to say because it was going to fucking drive me crazy.
1: All right. Well, listen. I don't want to dig into it. I hear what you're saying. (laughs) And I don't want to take away from what it is that you're saying. Yeah. So we'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, Um, so getting into trauma bonding, I was like, when when we were, that was a comment, I was like, man, are we trauma bonded? What the fuck? And then someone actually said that we are potentially fawning, and then...
1: That threw me off. Yeah,
0: because we were like, what does that even mean? Because, you know, you think fawn, you think deer. We We were like totally thrown off by that shit. And come to find out that fawning is actually something that children would do with their parents. It's basically like trying to behave in a way where you can then get your parents to like treat you better Mm -hmm. where you and I are not doing that. And we are not trauma bonded in the sense of a relationship where one of us is being abusive to each other. However, I do understand what trauma bonding is because I was in a relationship where I was trauma bonded with someone.
1: And I understand what trauma bonding is now looking into it, reflecting back on my life and thinking about people that I knew Mm -hmm. that were in situations where they were trauma bonded.
0: Yeah. So firsthand experience, um, past relationship that I was in. Um, I don't really want to get too into detail because this is also someone else's story. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to share like what part of my life this was and who this person potentially could have been, but I will share the story of like how our relationship unfolded. Uh, this person and I were together for quite a, you know, a good amount of time, over five years. And this person ended up being physically abusive to me. Once they were physically abusive to me, we then entered into that cycle of trauma bonding because the abuse would happen and then the abuser would turn to me and say, I won't do that again. I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, They even went as far to say things like, you know, if you tell anybody or you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. Then this keeps us. This is what kept me trapped in this situation. Sadly, though, I will say is that this person was also traumatized from childhood. They had extreme trust problems
1: they were dealing with trauma reenactment?
0: Uh, They were not reenacting their trauma because they didn't enter into the relationship with me to reenact something that they went through. What they were doing was is that they never fully understood why they were doing the things that they were doing to me. It was rooted in their inability to trust. Hmm. I was constantly getting accused of being unfaithful I was constantly being accused of, uh, you know, being somewhere that I, you know, like saying I was going one place, but I, this person thought I was doing something else. Um, they had extreme trust issues and that stemmed from their own childhood trauma that they went through. Um, I also don't want to share what it was that they went through, but right. it, it really led to some severe trust issues. And I then was the person that received the brunt of. Of their trauma because they and I were really closely intertwined uh, they and I were very closely intertwined and we did a lot of bad things to each other we were young I will say that and you know there was a lot of uh, hurtful things that were said and done to each other so I didn't understand why this was happening to me from this person I just thought I just thought that they were an abusive partner. You know, like yeah. th- this person is just trying to hold power over me. You know, like these are the things that you think why an abuser may do, because sometimes that is the case. However, um, it there was there was it was like an onion and there was so much to un- there was so much to peel a lot of layers, yeah, a lot of layers. And um, I eventually got out and um it's interesting because when you're in a trauma bonded situation um you have to find a way out Mm mhm uh because some people don't and a lot of women fall victim to continuous abuse and then will fall victim to being harmed to the extent where they will lose their life
1: well but it can go both ways Uh, what do you mean well when you say a lot of women fall victim to abuse and so therefore they're trauma bonded um Mm -hmm. You can also have a situation where um, a man is trying to exit a relationship and the woman is threatening to hurt herself.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, I I wasn't sure what you exactly meant. Yes,
1: the woman is threatening to hurt herself and Mm -hmm. therefore um, forcing the man to stay in that relationship Mm -hmm. and almost be nurturing to that emotion Mm. of that person.
0: Wow. Yeah, so I, I eventually got out of that situation and I had to leave with the clothes on my back. And I I just fucking secretly made a plan, an exit plan, and I, you know, I didn't look back. And uh luckily this person ended up getting help. And they are a better they are a better man.
1: Good.
0: Which makes me happy because they needed the same type of support and education to understanding who they were mm-hmm. that I needed.
1: So for the people that are watching and listening, how does how does one know if they're in a trauma bonded relationship? How do you know? Yeah.
0: I only know now from educating myself.
1: So, I looked it up and and the by definition is is if you agree with the abusive person's reason for treating them badly, try to cover up for the abusive person, argue with or distance themselves from people trying to help such as friends families members from the neighborhood mm. if you're really trying to like cover up or you know make up excuses um and you're almost like accepting of the person's mm. behavior which people do they don't even realize it unfortunately you're in a trauma-bonded relationship you you have accepted the trauma In your relationship, you're making excuses for it. You're defending it. um, You're sticking up for it. And you're pushing away the people that are trying to help you. Because they can see it. And they want you to see it. But you refuse to. Because you're trauma bonded.
0: I actually read something that was so sad to me. And if you ever suspect that someone is in a trauma bonded relationship. Ask them would they want the relationship that they're in for someone else that they love. Yeah. And if they answer no, then they should at that moment, hopefully they'll have like an aha moment that the situation that they're in is not ideal.
1: Hopefully, you know, but it's amazing how people will easily hurt themselves and protect others.
0: Well, one of the things that I came to understand when you are in a situation such as trauma bonding or bonded is that the person that is the abuser can have done something in the beginning of your relationship that solidifies how willing you are to stay in that situation and it's called love bombing where the abuser in the beginning will really shower th- shower you with like an exorbitant amount of love they will gift things to you they will take you places they will you know tell you how beautiful you look they will you know shower you with gifts they will you know take you on trips and then they start to scale back so now you've experienced this like intense love mm-hmm. and wonderful experiences with them and now the the trauma starts to take place the abuse starts to take place
1: like a, like a bait and switch yeah that's what it sounds like.
0: So then what happens is is that the victim then thinks that eventually somehow you will get back to that.
1: And it ain't, it ain't coming back.
0: It's never gonna come back. Unless that person gets help. Mm. And if that person is not willing to get help, you will never get back. And 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 what I can say is this: it's it's like trying to seek a high. From experiencing a drug for the first time. Mm-hmm. You're never going to experience that same high ever again. But can you be in a better place? Yeah, for sure. If that person, if if the abuser is looking to get help. Yeah. But if they're not, you're never going to get back there. And sometimes they may be too far gone. That The abuser may be a person who... um I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but they may be someone that needs to be um, like, they need to be put away. The, you know, like someone that may be um, committing sexual crimes against a, a woman yeah. or a man, in in that regard. Like even even with therapy, they they stay, They the abuser may be um, better, but they're still going to have tendencies that they can't be in a healthy relationship. If you understand what I'm sure, trying to say, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I thought it was interesting though, how you said, um, how does, how does one know, you know? Cause like, to me that goes back to like, how do you know, how do you know how to be self-aware?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think that a lot of people are in a trauma bonded relationship and are completely unaware of it. They're just by default, acting in the acting the way that they are because they've accepted their situation, mm. not realizing that there's an actual term for what it is that they're doing. And that it's an, something that it's not healthy. They just accept it as life. Yeah. That's just the way it is. You know, this is my life. This is the way it is. And I'm just going to accept it.
0: What I think is, um, I guess i find it interesting is that there are different levels of trauma bonding too so it doesn't always have to be that you're being abused by one of your partners it could be that the two part the two people in the relationship experience something together traumatic Mm. so for example the loss of a child if husband and wife experience the loss of a child that is an extremely traumatic experience yeah and they then are on this journey together trying to heal from the loss of their child and it bonds them in a way where even if they start to go in a way where their relationship becomes unhealthy they'll still they will still stay with each other because of what they went through with each other so it's just like okay they they understand me on a level that no other person understands me because of this traumatic experience that we went through together
1: yeah, Or in th- in the same aspect, if that relationship doesn't pan out, you may have one or the other who still holds on to the relationship because of that trauma yeah. and the bond that they formed with that trauma. It's very difficult for them to move on with their lives yeah. because that experience in itself was so intense, yeah. you know, um, which is something that needs to be identified. Yeah.
0: It's interesting, though, because I watched a movie. uh, It's with Shia LaBeouf, uh, and I forget the name of the movie, but, man, did this movie, like, fucking take me on a ride. And it was about him and his wife, and they lost their child at birth. And it then shows the journey that these two people go on together, and what winds up happening is that they wind up separating um, because the—I actually don't know if they were married, but— the, the the woman in the relationship she really like goes into like her own soul searching mm-hmm. and kind of shuts shia out and um so that's like the flip side of like what trauma can do in a relationship but what wind up happening was is that shia was trying to do whatever he could to like reconnect with her Yeah, because he was somewhat trauma bonded because they they shared that fucking traumatic experience with each Mm. other. And in the end, they wind up going their separate ways. And in the movie, he wind up being a douche anyway, Uh, which really kind of fucking pissed me off. But, you know, he still had to get his rocks off because um, he wasn't getting it at home because, you know, his wife was fucked up from losing a kid. So he went and fucked some other chick, (laughs) which is crazy to me.
1: Well, I mean, it's a this is life. This is these are these are real scenarios.
0: Yes. Um I think that's why the movie really I said really took me on a ride because yeah. um it was filmed in a way that was very raw, mm. you know. There was like no fluff about that shit. And I will say uh what also really kind of rocked me in that movie was uh, and it was on Netflix. Fuck, I can't believe I don't remember the name of the movie, but whatever. It's something about a woman's journey or something like that woman's story or a mother's story or something like that don't quote me on it but um, just look up Shia LaBeouf's movieography and you'll find it they used mu- music in the movie that um, I hold very near and dear to my heart and they used it for one of the most traumatic scenes and I was like oh man why would they have to use this song for this shit <laughs> fuck now every time I hear this song i to think about this traumatic scene in the movie because I I don't I don't I don't know what that's like. Yeah, but you're was... very
1: big into scores too. So like, if you if there's a if the movie has a really good score, you'll that that song will stand out to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it, if and if it's tied into like a like a horrific scene, I'm fucked. Yeah, you're fucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally fucked because I'm just like now all I hear or see in my mind is that scene yeah. from that movie. Um, but yeah, so like, I would hope that, okay, so I, I, I want to just end our, our show with a little bit of advice. If you're in a relationship with someone and you're noticing that they are exhibiting some like severe abnormal behaviors and that may be different. On a scale, you know, they may be in, in, you know, involving in risky behavior. They may be being promiscuous. They may be lying. They, You know, there's like a whole array of things that you would consider if you're in a relationship severely abnormal. Right. There is a source. And I would hope that if you're in a relationship with someone and you love them, that. You would take the time to encourage them to figure out what the source is for a healthy relationship if that's what you want to do because every person has the right to exit they can say this is i didn't sign up for this right you know um this person needs to heal and i'm not willing to take that journey you that is someone's absolute right but if you are married or you know you want to continue this relationship this partnership or you know whatever it is I would hope that if you recognize these that you would encourage your partner to seek the source of why the, they're experiencing these behaviors. It may not always be rooted in their childhood, but if you know that your partner had adverse childhood experiences that were extremely traumatic and they were they were repetitive, mm-hmm. it's very well possible that your partner is now experiencing like an uh, like an uptick in these traumatic experiences and it's being shown throughout their behaviors as an adult um because that's why i was saying earlier that i don't think it's that easy to be self-aware you know like sometimes people don't even know what the fuck is going on with them but you you're really good at picking up on that kind of stuff so i that's why i feel like as a partner maybe your your partner knows you so well that they're like all right this is not this is not normal
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that as uh, as human beings, naturally, we all, you know, at from birth, we're we're just projecting outwards. We're focused on the things around us, you know, instinctually. You know, it's everything that moves. You're looking at it, and you're ingesting all of the things around you and processing that. Um, And it takes a lot of it takes effort. To turn that point of view on mm-hmm. onto yourself, you know, and and some people go about life and don't really do that a lot, you know.
0: I I yeah, I think that there are some people that like never do that. Yeah,
1: so I mean, that's that you know, that's um.
0: I think sometimes it only happens when like something traumatic yeah. happens to them.
1: I feel like that, but that you know that that is the if there's a takeaway in all of this, um, a brighter side of it, everything it's the ability to get to know yourself better mm-hmm. when it comes to trauma bonding. It's, you know, the moment that when one can identify that there, that is going on in their life, they're able to deal with it mm-hmm. and move on with it. Um, there is that part where they learn something about themselves yeah. and hopefully be empowered by it moving forward.
0: Well, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was, um, If you go through traumatic experiences as a child, one of the main reasons why it will affect your relationships as an adult is because when you as a child are watching how adults are bonding or adults are showing support and love and that's how you're like taking it in, Mm -hmm. it's more than likely that you're going to like, it's going to come out in your relationship in a way that you didn't think it was going to come out because you haven't healed properly from it. And that was like the biggest takeaway for me because I didn't I didn't know that the way that I saw my parents, you know, um, in, interacting in a relationship, and then how they how they acted as individuals and the things that they did that I was absorbing it. I didn't know that then in my adult life I was then going to like. That's how I potentially acted out in my relationships because I, that's the only thing that I knew. Yeah. Because when you're a kid you're learning that's how you're you're learning it from your parents and when you're young that's when you learn how to like what bonding is you know and what relationships are so then of course you're gonna potentially go out and do these things you may not do them all but you 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 are more than likely to like do something that you learned from childhood so like that was like the biggest aha moment for me because that it's like now I'm really aware of like why I do or why I have done things, where maybe before I didn't understand. You know, maybe I just deemed it as something that was right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't really understand what the source was. Well, the
1: important thing is that the important thing is that you you got there.
0: Yeah, yeah. it took a long time though. <laughs> um, and but it's you still, did
1: it. On, you did it on your time.
0: It's still and it's still a work it's in process. Still a work in progress. Cause Lord knows there are days where I'm just like, uh, I didn't feel that before we going to figure that out. Uh, but that actually brings us to the end of the show. And um, I want to thank everybody again for joining us. Yes. And listening to us and watching us, however Absolutely. it is. And I hope that everyone is enjoying our, you know, our conversations you know and uh you know you could hit the subscribe button you can hit the follow button you can hit the like button whatever button hit, it is to you can like even continue. hit the donate
1: button that's a there the <laughs> <laughs>
0: whatever button there is you can go ahead and press it yeah. um to continue um joining us but until next Friday peace out peace
1: out